This is Because I Want To, Spooky Month. Hello, and welcome to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to, because you know what? We freaking can. (laughs) I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And welcome back to Spooky Map. I just want to say I really appreciate that you made a special, like, opening tune. And I really enjoy (laughs) it. I think it's really nice. (laughs) I was like, ooh, we need themed openings. (laughs) So... I don't know what I'll do in November. Maybe we'll go back to normal or maybe I'll come up with something that's Thanksgiving themed. I don't know. I don't even know what that would be. Music. No, maybe that's something I really will have to ruminate on. Like great artists. Mm. <laughs> what is the sound of Thanksgiving? <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> to you? <laughs> what sound would that be? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know either. I'm going to apologize now for how much everyone's going to be able to hear my dog in the background. I'm all freaked out because she ate dinner and I legit thought she was dying for a second. Why? Like, I don't I don't know what was wrong with her, but she started like skulking and like just kept laying down like she couldn't get comfortable. And I was like, are you choking? Like, what's happening? So I went over and like rubbed her throat like really vigorously and then she burped. <laughs> she <was> okay. <laughs> She's like a baby that needs to be burped. <laughs> I was like, so I don't know. I don't know if I need to get her one of those puzzle bowls that she's like eating too fast now. I've gotten that for Bean and it's nice. Or there's like a um, wobbly kind of toy where he has to like mm-hmm. push it and it dispenses like a couple pieces of food at a time. Yeah, I might also just put a Kong in her bowl so she has to eat around the Kong. Is this London or Moose? This is London, so London might just take the Kong out because she's not stupid. Moose would leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just, I don't know, recognize that Moose is not that smart, you know? She's really not. (laughs) I love her to death. She's such a sweetie. She cuddles with me when London won't Mm -hmm. because London hates that, but yeah. There uh, is a definite difference. I think I've heard that if a dog is choking, the way you help them is you, like, grab their hind legs and you shake them upside down. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's, like, their Heimlich maneuver, I think. Well, I definitely did not do that. Just some vigorous rubbing. But I think that's only if, you know, like, someone's choking to the point where they can't, like, breathe kind of thing. Got you. Yeah, I don't know. I worry about her getting, like, bloat because she sucks so much air when she eats. Mm. I think she's, like, afraid Moose is going to take her food, even though Moose has never done that. Yeah, maybe you just have to burp her like a baby every time after she eats now. (laughs) It's, like, literally, like, what is happening to you? I was also carrying, like, a measuring tape because I was ordering a freaking Under Armour mask and you have to measure your fucking face hmm. to order one of those. And I, maybe she thought I was going to hit her with it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. London, the dog yeah. who was adopted as a puppy and has never experienced anything like that. <laughs> no. Nope. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it was interesting measuring my face for a <laughs> mask. So you're supposed to measure from like the bridge of your nose to your ear. 
but I read it as like measure the entire way across. So I like <laughs> measured the whole way across and then looked at the size chart. And I was like, I have a behemoth head. <laughs> None of these will accommodate my giant head. You're like, I'm but a no. different species of human with a skull twice the size. <laughs> but no, I was just reading it wrong. It's a freaking $30 face mask. Why is it? I mean, it's Under Armour, so I'm sure it's like good material. So it's and supposed stuff. to be like stay off your face more than the other ones. And it's supposed to like dry a lot faster. And since I'm going to have to wear it now at work like all day and like talk mm. the entire time, I'm trying to minimize the sweat fact, like the moisture factor. Yeah, I have cloth ones that I wear, and they make me so hot and sweaty, and they make my face, like, break out. Yep. So trying to avoid that. And a couple people at work have them and said they were good, so. So you're going hybrid soon? In a week. Wow, that soon. Okay. Yeah, I'm... (laughs) It's going to be a something. It's going to be something. Can kids opt into that or can they stay home yeah. if they want? Yeah. So I have like, I don't know, like 15 maybe who are staying home. 15? Mm-hmm, something like that. not that many. I don't. I also have the smaller um, group of kids than the other team. So like there's more kids on the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say it's like not that many who are staying home. I I guess I would have thought it'd be more than that, but I'm sure at this point parents are probably like over it and want to send their kids mm-hmm. to school. Which I get, man. I get it. So, yeah. Yeah. How have you been? Pretty good. I've started because I've been going a little bit stir crazy at home volunteering at an animal rescue. I love that. How's that going? It's good. I've only been like a couple times, but each time I've gone in, they've like really like thrown me into the mix, which I was not expecting from like other volunteering experiences I've had. Like in what way do they throw you into the mix? So like before I volunteered at like museums or whatever and like I've gone in and you kind of almost feel like you're bothering people like they're looking for something for you to do. Um, Mm -hmm. but like the first time I went in, they, it was like a spay and neuter clinic and they're just like, okay, you're in the recovery wing and you're going to like, you know, clean the dog's incisions and like pull the tubes out of their mouths and like all this kind of stuff. So I was like pretty busy for most of the day, which was really nice. Nice. And then you get to see all the poopies and all the kitties. I know. And I I think I've told you I want to get another dog probably like at the beginning of the new year. So I'm like looking at all of them. But I went in yesterday and was like playing with them. And then new ones came in. So I was like getting their vaccination, their vaccines ready, like with the needles mm-hmm. and like reconstituting mm-hmm. them. And I was like, oh, my God, you're letting me do this right now. <laughs> I mean, that's what I used to do at the vet. And I didn't have any training, you know. Yeah, the girl who was showing me how to do everything was, like, 17. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very much stick the needle in the jar, pull it to this number, go to the next one. The only ones that are even slightly complicated are the ones where you have to, like, mix a powder and a liquid. That's what I was doing. Yeah. It made me, like, nervous because it's, like, needles, you know? I remember when I worked at the vet and he was like, do you want to learn how to give vaccines? And I was like, no. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I I do not. I was like, I hope she doesn't ask me to actually inject anyone because I'm not ready for that today. (laughs) Yeah, no, I wanted zero medical responsibility for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But that's cool. I'm glad you're finding something to do. Yeah, it's also like, I'm like, I don't know, because Brock is a doctor and he has like five COVID patients. So I'm like, should I be leaving the house? But I have to, I have to do something or else. Yeah. I'll go nuts. Did does he get tested regularly as like a doctor? I don't think so. Um, but he says that he's all suited up anytime he treats someone. Um, and apparently, I guess you have to be like 15 minutes or more unprotected with a COVID patient to really contract it. That's what they've been saying at work. And I'm just like, Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if you say so. But he did um get stuck with like a needle the other day, so he has to do the whole like get labs drawn up to make sure he hasn't like contracted anything. Oh man, how did he get stuck with a needle? He was doing like I think a central line in someone, which is when you <laughs> have you ever seen pulp fiction? Yeah. You know when they, like, take the adrenaline and they stab it into someone's heart? Yeah. So it's like that, but actually, like, you go in through their neck, through a vein, down to their heart. So it's like... Ew. <laughs> so he had to do that, and I guess he, like, stuck himself with the needle, so... Ugh, ugh. He had to get tested for, like, hepatitis and HIV Ew, and this all is, that. I know. This is how I know I was <laughs> never meant for any sort of medical field. It's gross, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I think about, like, the stuff we used to do with, like, the horses and how much it, like, didn't gross me out. But, yeah. like, wa- like I used to, like, just watch abscesses pop and, like, soak Ew. them. And, like, horses would get a gash and we'd just be like, oh, smear some shit on it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen, like, there's a show about a farm animal vet or big what do you call him like large animal vet or something large animal yeah um dr pole i think is his name and he does such gross stuff i can't i can't (laughs) yeah like when they have to like stick their whole arm like up a horse or cow's like the jj yes i saw an episode where like (laughs) this is so gross but his sheep like i guess their uterus had like prolapsed so he had to like push it back in them Ugh. Ugh. Farm animal vet yep. stuff is so gross. Yeah, man. I just, I'm good. I'm good. Anything new with you? I'm installing new smoke detectors. Yes. Finally. Tell me about that. So, so I don't know how old these smoke detectors are. I can show them to you. People at home, you're not going to be able to see them. You can just imagine them. Um. They're, like, really old. You're supposed to replace your smoke detectors every 10 years. I guarantee you these are older than 10 years. really bothers me that there is not a date on them. There definitely should be a date on them. Agreed. That tells you all you need to know, I think. Yeah. So Julia stayed over last night, and the smoke detector in my upstairs is, like, right outside the bathroom, and, like, the only thing that will make it go off is steam. Uh, So the steam hit it, and it would not turn off at like 6 30 in the morning and they're synced so it makes the other one go off oh what a and so <laughs> yeah so i finally just got so mad and like ripped them out of the wall and so yeah my dad's gonna come over on thursday and put in new ones so they went off when she was there mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you need an upgrade. You deserve to have an up-to-date, safe smoke detector in your house. Yeah, so I ordered... I had one already, so I ordered another one, and yeah. I like, though, that my dad (laughs) was talking to him, and I was like, yeah, I ripped them out of the wall. And he was like, wait, are they wired into the house? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I think he thought I grabbed, like, live wires, (laughs) and, like, just, like, he was like, you turned off the electricity, right? And I was like, no. And... You know how they have, like, the little plastic thing that, like, plugs into the back of it? Uh-huh. I don't think he thought it had that. So, I think he thought I just, like, ripped wires apart. <laughs> just, like, I was like, no, out. Dad. I, I was like, I'm pretty dumb with this stuff, but I'm not dumb enough not to grab a live wire. So. Oh, well, I'm glad you're getting smoke detectors because it's just, it's a good thing to have. It's an, you know, easily preventable death. That's not necessary. True facts. True facts. And I bought a bidet. Ooh. I'm real excited about that one. Uh, Those are really gross. I took it out of the box and like part of it was wet. And so I was like, did someone else have this and return it? Ew. Yeah. So then I had to soak it in antibacterial spray for like 30 minutes. So, but yeah, I need help for my dad to install that too because I don't have the right tool to get the thing off my toilet okay we'll have to do a bidet check-in because i'm yeah you know intrigued by the idea of the bidet i think it's the way to go like when you really think about it why wipe your butt with like a wet not a wet a dry piece of paper when you can just wash it off yeah it makes more sense yeah and it's more Mm eco-friendly so yeah that's what i've been up to buying smoke detectors buying bidets (laughs) Fine face masks, all very adult purchases. Just all kinds of upgrades. I also spent $50 on cheese yesterday. So really, you know, balancing these adult purchases out. You know what? Cheese can be really expensive. Yeah, I went to the winery with Julia and I was like, I'm buying all the cheese while I'm here. And I did. I bought all the cheese. I wanted to do like a, I guess not a charcuterie board, but like a cheese board. But then I was like, I'm going to have to buy so much expensive cheese for this thing. Mm-hmm. I really like goat cheese is what I've found. Mm-hmm. Like a garlic goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Yum. So good. Yeah. All right. Should we move to the topic of our episode today? Yes. I don't even know. What would you generalize this topic as? <laughs> this be like, like folklore creatures of the Americas, like yeah american cryptids maybe Ooh, yes accurate yes yes because last week we talked about doing monsters but then we're like there's so much like cool shit from like the americas so instead of Mm -hmm. doing like i don't know like frankenstein or ghosts let's do like other stuff yeah let's let's you know widen our horizons as it as it were Mm mm-hmm so do you want to go first? Because I think I went first last week. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> and, okay, one of the things I wanted to talk about was Faye. I'm so down for this conversation. And I have a mm. Faye thing to share if you don't talk about it. But I'll wait till the end to see if you talk okay. about it. And I know that Faye or fairies are, like, really associated with, like, Ireland and Europe. But... 
the reason I wanted to talk about them for this, because we're really looking at kind of more at like the Americas, is because I've been reading so many scary stories about like American Fae. And I don't know much about any sort of like American Fae situation. So hit me with it. Okay. So the reason I like got obsessed with this and Brock could tell you, because I've been talking about Fae for like months now, is there's this subreddit called Missing411. Okay. Okay. And it's based off the series of books by the same name by David Paulides, who was, I guess, like a missing people investigator, like he was a cop. And he was looking at all these people who would disappear, like in the wild and in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so many people that happens to, and they're never really investigated because people just chalk it up to like the elements or animals or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he wrote all these books that I guess I haven't read in any of them, but they focus on like strange cases and they kind of delve into like the supernatural, like possible reasoning behind them. I like that all of these, I think, are going to have some aspect of getting lost or disappearing in the woods. Oh, my God. That's what both of mine have to do with that I picked to mm-hmm. talk about. Okay. So I thought I would tell you one of the stories I read off of that subreddit that really like stuck with me. And then I just like started reading so much about the Fae. Hit me with it. Okay. I have a couple. So there's this one where there's this guy. He wrote the story again. This was on this subreddit missing 411. And he was a teenager and he lived in Missouri and he went for a walk like outside like a little hike mm-hmm. kind of thing and he's out he called it in a hollow which i guess is like a valley between a couple mountains okay okay and there's like a creek bed so he was following this creek bed and there he had his dog with him and his dog was named fatty mm-hmm. <laughs> right how cute so fatty was walking with him And he got to this point, I guess, in the creek bed where there were some trees and Fatty didn't want to keep walking with him. Like he was like kind of crying or whatever. So he was like, that's strange, but I'm going to walk a little bit further. So he walked a little bit further, left his dog behind. And then the woods got... He left his dog behind. I know. Poor Fatty. I know. I guess like not that far behind, just like a little bit further. Maybe Fatty was trying to warn you, dumb fuck. Like, that's the thing. It's like dogs and animals always know, right? They do. You got to trust your dog's instincts, especially like a cat's instincts, too. Like when cats Mm -hmm. look at things that aren't there, I'm like, what do you see? But anyway, continue. So he walked a little bit further and then everything got silent. Like not just the kind of silent where like the birds... And like animals and like insects stop, but the kind of silent where there's like no wind, like the leaves aren't moving, the grass isn't that moving. That like deadened. Yeah, like you're in a vacuum. Yeah. So it got silent and then his stomach like dropped and he got this feeling of dread and this feeling that he was almost being like watched. So. He, like, looked ahead and he felt like a pool. Like, he wanted to go further, like, into the woods. And there was a clearing. 
and he felt like this urge to keep going and this like feeling of dread so he took like a couple steps further and then his dog behind him started like freaking the fuck out like yeah because dogs know barking lunging so he turns around to look at his dog and then he turns back and it's suddenly nighttime like it was day and then in the instant he turned around it was night I hate that. Like, I feel like that's such like a common thing you hear in these kinds of stories, which is like lost time. Yes. And I just. Uh. So he turns around. It's nighttime. He heard he hears a twig snap and then he's like filled with panic. And that's when he turns and he runs back to his house with his dog. So that was the correct move. Run away. So, like, in the post, on this Reddit post, he was saying that he felt like his dog saved his life because it was the dog barking that made him, like, kind of snapped him out of his reverie. Good old fatty. Saving the day. (laughs) Well, and the reason I bring that up is because there's a lot of elements of that that seem to be, like, recurring things in all these stories about, like, fae or something mysterious trying to lure you into the woods trying to pull you off your trail yeah at least one of mine is about that yeah yeah so it seems to be like some of the common things are that like intense eerie quiet Mm -hmm. um that feeling of dread or of something watching you Mm mm-hmm um, unexplained time passing. Like, you feel like it's been an instant, but really it's been hours. Okay. And he said that he went home, and it had been three hours, and he it's normally a walk that takes him, like, ten minutes. I hate that. Right? Um, some other things that weren't in that story that I was reading about were boulders thing like weird shit tends to happen around like boulders that's weird um you feel compelled to go a certain way or you're in a clearing and you're compelled to go into this new path okay and i read a couple stories where like i read this other story where this guy was hiking and he went by these boulders and he felt weird he felt that quiet he felt that dread and then he started taking off his shoes. That's weird. Why? To go in like the water? There was no water. He said that he just started taking off his shoes and then he had a moment of clarity where he was like, why am I doing this? And Ew. then he put his shoes back on and he like ran off from where he came from. But... If that happened to me, I don't even know <laughs> that I would tell anybody because I'd be like, did I, I dream that? Well, that's what a lot of these stories on the subreddit are about. And I guess you have to take it with a grain of salt because, like, you never know, like, what's true and what's not. But in a lot of these missing, like, persons cases, people will find, like, the clothing of the missing person, like, folded up or it's not, like, ripped apart or dirty or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you would expect it to be. Very intentional. So I read stories like that on this subreddit and I was like, oh, my God, like, what are these fae? So I guess like traditionally fair fairies, um, there's like so many different 
like stories of what they are like some people think that they're just mischievous spirits some people think that they're demons some people think that they're the spirits of the dead yeah yeah because there is that like different representations like you get your tinkerbelly kind of fairy and then you get your like almost like the elves in lord of the rings kind of looking thing Mm -hmm. and they're just so kind of widespread all over the world and um there's just different ideas of what they look like and what they're trying to do um what else oh i saw this other story where this girl so a lot of like people think that they try to pull you off your path and a lot of mm-hmm. people think that they especially like steal children yeah that's also like a really common theme it's mm-hmm. like they take kids so i read this other story on that subreddit called i went missing when i was six and it was this girl who was in the woods with her parents and they were walking around and she had a toy and her parents were right behind her and she said that she remembers this vividly that she dropped her toy and mm-hmm. she looked at it and then she looked up and she was suddenly in a field <laughs> and there is that eerie quietness again i don't hmm. i just is that like okay so here's my thing i was talking to caitlin about this do you think it's like creatures like this exist in our world just like full tilt they're just there or is it like another world is laying over our world and that sometimes you experience it and sometimes you don't? Okay. When I was looking up Sasquatches, I was thinking about the latter, about how almost like in a golden compass, there's like different worlds and different realities overlapping each other. And maybe you just kind of walk through a portal sometimes and you get lost in it. That, that could be like what the dead is, like the dead mm-hmm. silence is you've crossed through. Yeah, and maybe there's entities trying to lure you over there, or maybe you just accidentally kind of find it. Have you ever read Mr. Norell or watched the miniseries Mr. Norell? No. So, like, they're a fae in that, and they're, like, your evil, but look like they're, like, adult size, but they're, like, evil. <sighs> um, and, like, it's kind of like that in Mr. Norell. Like, they pull you through, like, mirrors and shit, and Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. These like malevolent kidnapping spirits is what makes me like really interested in it. But yeah, this girl, she looked up. She was in this field. It was like eerily quiet. And um, she saw orbs floating, which is like a common thing. That's what a what a willow mm-hmm. the wisp is. If you've ever heard of that. Yeah. yeah. It's like lights that are meant to like lure you off of your path. Um. So she saw these orbs and the next thing she knows, oh, she was going to start walking towards the orbs, but then she got scared and she ran in the opposite direction and fell asleep like against a tree. And the next thing she knows, she wakes up and she's in the back of a public bus, just like on its route. (laughs) See that I feel like she crossed dimensions and then she popped back in somewhere else. So little did she know. She said that, um... This was in Nicaragua, I guess. Her parents, her dad um, was like well connected and her uncle was the chief of police. So when she went missing, like there's this huge like search for her and she was gone. She said for two days. Damn. And she woke up and she wasn't like hungry. She wasn't 
you know, like hurt or anything. It was like she had just woken up from a nap. But that's like a big thing, too, <laughs> is like people come back and they're totally fine. Like they're not there's zero signs of anything bad happening. Yeah, it's like she went through a wormhole and she said in her post that she felt bad for the bus driver because he was like detained by police for like a week because they're like, where the fuck did she come from? Um, But she said that her mom thought it was, I guess the word in Nicaragua is duendes, which sounds like the fae with their orbs and kidnapping kids and shit. Interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a big thing in Ireland when like they thought that the fae would come and take their kids and replace it with like yes. a fae child and like the modern interpretation of that is that they think that child probably started to exhibit like autistic symptoms mm-hmm. and the parent thought it was like a stranger child when really it was just that was the other thing i wanted to talk about was changelings Yes, that's what it is, changelings. So, yeah, I guess, like, back in the day, like, if you had a kid and it didn't, it was, like, disabled or it developed, like, differently um, and you either, I don't know if, like, consciously you didn't want to raise it because it'd be a strain on your resources or you really believe this. They thought that, like, your baby had been switched with a fey baby. Mm-hmm. And so, like people use this as an excuse i guess to either like kill their child or i think you would also like leave them out in the elements basically to die yeah, i think that was a big thing you would like leave them out and hope the fae would give you your baby back yeah yeah which i mean yikes <laughs> yeah i think they did that an episode of lore about that I want to say it was lore. Well, and I was reading all my stuff came from Wikipedia and from that subreddit that I talked about. Um, in 1826 in Ireland, this lady called Anne Roche was bathing a four-year-old child named Michael Leahy. And the four-year-old couldn't talk or stand. So something was up with him developmentally. Mm-hmm. And... On the third time she bathed him in this river, she said she was trying to drive the fairy out of him, but she drowned him. Yep. And he yep. and she was acquitted of murder. Yeah, because they thought it was like a thing. There's this other woman. This is in 1895. Her name was Bridget Cleary, and she was really sick, I guess, and she either was immolated by her husband which i just learned that word recently immolated means like burned alive oh okay lovely she was either burned alive by him or her body was burned by him after he murdered her but he murdered her but he used the fairy defense saying that she was um a changeling and that he didn't kill her he killed the changeling i think that was the, I think that was what the lore episode was about, that specific case. Yeah. This was also in Ireland, and he was convicted of manslaughter, not murder. So it kind of worked. I tell ya, that'd be a real easy way to get away with some shit. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I guess it's not any crazier than the vampire panic shit. Like, people just <laughs> look for explanation. <laughs> 
But yeah, that was what I was kind of reading about the Fae. So if you like spooky stories like that, there's a bunch on that Missing 411 subreddit. There's a lot of stories of people being like out in the woods and like weird shit happening to them. Gotta love it. Mm. All right. So I guess I'll continue on in that vein roughly. Um, I don't have a ton of stuff. So originally I was going to do Skinwalkers, Uh which is like a Navajo thing. But the more I was looking into it, the more of it seemed like not actually Navajo tradition and more like white people taking this idea and running with it. So Mm. I kind of went off that. And so I went to stick Indians, which is obviously a white person term (laughs) for (laughs) some sort of native legend. Um, And I had a hard time. So there's a Reddit post because, you know, I guess today is just the day we talk about Reddit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called My Grandmother Used to Warn Me About Stick Indians. And it's by user Little Miss Bite Me. Um, And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's like really long. But basically, she talks about how her grandmother used to tell her all about stick Indians. Um, Her mother, who was from the Okanagan in Canada. um, And basically would warn her about it all the time. And she was in the woods with a boyfriend and her boyfriend essentially tries to rape her and like a stick Indian comes out of the woods and like scares it off. Um, Him off, I should say. So I got most of my information from astonishinglegends.com and a book called Indian Legends by Ella Clark. Okay. Um, And basically... Sometimes they're seen as, like, little people. Sometimes they're, like, giants. (laughs) It seemed like there was a lot of variation as to how different tribes see them. Like, the Nez Perce said they were little people, whereas the Salish were more about, um, like, that they kind of looked like Native Americans. But basically, they're, like, this creature that lives in the woods... Um, And for the most part, they are, like, not really seen. They don't really mimic human speech normally. Um, And most of the time, they, like, play pranks. So they'll, like, Mm -hmm. steal clothes from the village or, like, steal food from the village. Um, And I had a hard time figuring out why they're called stick Indians. Like, one thing said it was because they had a habit of, like, stabbing sticks into trees and, like, leaving them there. Another thing said that, like, sometimes when you look at them, they look like they're made of sticks. So, I don't know. Hmm. Obviously, it's a white person term, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, But basically, they're not that threatening until they, you piss them off, essentially. I tried to make sure that, like, the stuff I was looking at came from Native peoples. So, like, the description from Ella Clark's book was from a Native person, like, telling about it. So Okay. I tried to keep it as close as I could. (laughs) Um, But basically, they're pretty chill. They just play, like, pranks and stuff until you piss them off. And then they're, like, super vindictive and will, like, seek revenge against you. And so, like, the biggest thing they do, which I just, like, hate, is that they'll, like, whistle in the woods and, like, mimic animal noises. (gasps) But you can tell that it's, like, not an animal. And so, basically, like, they're trying to, like, lure you off. Um, And they, different tribes give them different, like, powers of, like, mental persuasion, I suppose you could say. Um, And they all seem to agree that they come around, like, they induce dread. 
and confusion Mm -hmm. and anxiety, especially when you're alone. A lot of this was like, don't go off in the woods on your own, (laughs) essentially. Um, And there are some accounts of like very fairyish behavior of like stealing children and women Mm -hmm. to like make them their wives and their slaves. Um, And it was very kind of all over the place, but that same theme of like, trying to distract you in the woods and lead you off. So I'm going to read a little bit from this Reddit post. Okay. Um, so basically, she's like, they're in the woods, and her boyfriend is about to, like, assault her. Um, and her boyfriend's weight suddenly lifted, and I scrambled away, clutching fistfuls of twigs and dirt in my effort to get away, and turned around to look behind me at the gurgling screeches. It was black with dirt, long and lanky, and crouched over Caleb. Its strength strength was apparent in its effortless way of holding down the muscular boy flailing beneath it. I couldn't see its face, hidden under a curtain of matted hair encrusted with bugs and bits of tree. But here, oh, I could hear every bit of it. Every slurp, every painful shred of flesh pulled free from the bones was apparent. I froze in sick fascination, held witness to every second of it while Caleb's screams died in his throat while he finished his meal. When he was done, he turned his head to me. His face was long and thin and hollow. I could see every bone in his skull, the black bloodshot eyes sunk deep. His lips were thin and drawn back, revealing long gray teeth stained with blood and chunks of meat. I couldn't tear my eyes away from him, not even when he started crawling towards me. Ew. Stupid. I know, right? Like, obviously, I don't know how true this is, but it's a good story. Yeah. (laughs) Stupidly, I thought of Tarzan walking towards Jane, how he put his weight forward on his hands and kind of hopped his long legs beneath him. He stopped inches from me, head tilted to the left. He lowered his face to mine until I could smell the rancid breath coming from his mouth. He leaned forward, arching his face up as he took a long sniff of me. He never stopped looking at me, his eyes locked onto mine. He looked up at the sound of footsteps crashing towards us. He stood taller than anyone I'd seen before and ever seen since, looked down at me, nodded, turning, and disappearing into the wood. He whistled as he strode away. Ew. Wait, so did it kill her boyfriend? I guess. I don't know. That's like the thing of this, like... Take it with a grain of salt. It definitely Um, reads like a short story. Yeah. So she doesn't really say at the beginning, like, if he did, in fact, die. So who knows? But basically, she does talk about, like, when anytime her grandmother ever told her about stick Indians, it was always, like, people running out of food in the woods and, like, things, like, being lured off or, like, being alone, um... A lot of the stuff I could find with, like, these stories in connection with Native American culture have to do with, like, being alone or starving or being, like, trapped somewhere and not being able to do anything about it. Um, so, yeah. Oof. It yeah. sounds, like, really similar, other than the description of that creature in that story, to the fae, though, of being yeah. in the woods, being, like, lured somewhere malevolent it was interesting when it like took me on like off to like looking at little people because it seems like most native american tribes at least in like the northwest or like pacific northwest and like canada have little people Mm -hmm. stories and like how they're pretty chill until you piss them off and then they wreak havoc 
the fae are like i know in like ireland or other places in europe they're seen not as necessarily like evil but mischievous but if you like build your house on their path or something then they'll fuck with you kind of thing yeah so yeah those are stick indians or what little i could find about stick indians i've never heard of stick indians before yeah caitlin told me about them the other day and there's like a thing on tiktok of people which this to me like was very in the same vein as like the way people talk about skinwalkers you know something like imitating a voice and luring you into the woods and there's like a couple tiktoks like that of somebody like yeah yeah so there's one maybe you've seen this one of a dude riding his horse and you hear something yelling hey and you're like ah yeah and you can see like the horse hears it too yeah yeah i don't care for it nope 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 I kind of wanted to look into skinwalkers, too, but from what I think Wikipedia said that it's like a Navajo belief and they don't like discussing Mm -hmm. it with outsiders. So we just don't know that much about it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah. (sighs) What else you got for me, friend? My next cryptid creature is the Sasquatch. Tell me about the Sasquatch. I'm excited. Which, this might be common knowledge, but I didn't realize that Sasquatch is like the American native term for it, like in the Pacific Northwest. For a Bigfoot? For Bigfoot, yeah. I did not know that, but that makes sense. Yeah, and I've been calling them just yetis because I like that word, but that's like the Tibetan word for the abominable snowman. Yes, I knew I didn't know that it was the Tibetan word for it, but I knew it was the abominable snowman. So the Sasquatch is, I guess, more unique to the Americas, the Pacific Northwest. So like kind of Canada, kind of there's a lot of weird shit in like the Pacific Northwest and Canada, like all of these. I need to find out what is like native to like Maryland as far as creepy crawlies go. Oh, my God. Which... I don't know if I mentioned, but with like the Faye we were talking about, a lot of those stories on that Reddit come from like Arkansas, Kentucky, Missouri, a lot of like where the mountains and like the caves are. Okay, that would make sense. So the Sasquatch is more like in Washington State, like British Columbia, Canada. Um, And they're supposedly six to nine foot ape-like creatures. And... There have been tales of giants living in the mountains in Washington state for a really long time from like the indigenous peoples of the area. I'm going to take that as they were real. To the point where um, if you, I I don't know how to say this, but Wikipedia said this, like the Saints Ailes people, Ailes people. um, If you refer to them as legends, like they get offended by that. I get that. I don't. I read so many freaking things about little people. I'm convinced that that was real. I'm convinced. Right? Like, so I guess a third of the sightings of Bigfoot are in the Pacific Northwest. And the rest are kind of scattered throughout North America, mostly in the Great Lakes and the southeastern part of the country. Um, but yeah, they're just these, like, big creatures. Um, and... 
there's kind of a similar cryptid that exists in the folklore of like Georgia, Florida, and Alabama called the skunk ape. Have you heard of that? No. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> it looks like Bigfoot. Like the skunk ape is basically the Bigfoot of that part of the country, but it like, I guess, stinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's its defining feature. <laughs> it just smells bad. I guess like people kind of think that maybe um, people are seeing like big grizzly bears, especially ones who have mange, and they're thinking that they're these humanoid ape creatures. Okay. And there was one big grizzly bear named Bigfoot that I guess had been killing a bunch of livestock in the eight, late 1800s. And they finally killed it in 1895, and it was 2,000 pounds. Ugh. 2,000 pounds. That's like, how much do elephants weigh? I don't know. A lot? Like, I know, like, a really, really big horse will rarely reach 2,000 pounds. Let me see. Elephant weight. Let me Google it real quick. That's huge. That's like a car, right? Yeah. That's a ton. Okay. An Asian elephant is 8,800 pounds. An African bush elephant is 13,000 pounds. So it's like a really, really big horse. It's like the weight of a really big horse. Yeah. But I was reading, there's this this, um, one story about a guy who had an experience with Bigfoot. He was Mm -hmm. this lumberjack and woodsman, and he was going camping in 1924, and he was in an area where people were like, we've seen Bigfoot, but he apparently was like, I don't believe in Bigfoot, whatever, I'm camping. Okay, so this dude was sleeping in a sleeping bag, and this eight-foot-tall Bigfoot picked him up and, like, carried him and ran. For like three hours. It's trying to help. <laughs> so I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But like this dude is like, this is so weird. And then like the Bigfoot put him down. And then he was with a family of Bigfoots. He says he was with three adults and a child. And I, f- <laughs> I don't know about this. Was he high? Was he on something? Okay. Well, he said he hung out with them for like a week. And they were nice to him. They didn't hurt him. But he eventually escaped because he had, I guess, a snuff box and gave snuff to, like, the big one. And he got all, like, groggy or whatever. And he ran away. So. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Here's the thing is this dude apparently escaped, but he kept this whole experience a secret for 24 years. Yeah, because who's going to believe you when you're like, yo, I met a family of Bigfoots. (laughs) But I guess, like, he never told anyone. But then, like, other stories of Bigfoot were coming out. And he was like, okay, I'm going to tell my story. And that was when he came out and said what happened. And, like, I guess he was interviewed and he was found to be sane. And this was, like, the only weird thing he ever said about anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know why that's less believable to me than like, I don't know, a kid being taken by a fae. But I just I don't feel like the Bigfoot would be would be like, come hang out with my family. I've read um, 
theories that Bigfoot are like we talked about earlier. They're in like another dimension or another universe and they're able either intentionally or unintentionally to maybe use magic or to come into our world. Um, but yeah, when we were talking about like different universes overlapping, maybe that's what it is. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> um, but Jane Goodall, who is the, obviously that like famed, you know, like ape scientist lady said that she wanted to believe in them. And it's weird that there's been no like evidence, but she wanted to believe in Bigfoot. I mean, it'd be fun. So that's all I have to say about Bigfoot. I also kind of want to believe in them. Um, and when I was reading like other stories of people in the woods, you know, like when you feel like a predator is looking at you, like people mm-hmm. think that might be Bigfoot. Just staring. Yeah. Staring you down in the woods so you can come have dinner with him. Yeah, I don't know, like, what the purpose would be of kidnapping that dude, but maybe, I don't know, if he, like, got older and then his, like, mind started to go, so he concocted this story or what. Who? Yo. I hope it's true, because then it's delightful. Well, again, if that ever happened to me, like him, I don't think I would ever tell anyone, because people just think you're crazy, you know? If you, I I don't know what I would say if you told me that. If you're like, I had dinner with Bigfoot, be like, (laughs) okay, were you on mushrooms? Like, what's the situation? In his defense, though, people, scientists are discovering new species all the time, new extinct species all the time. The great squid wasn't caught on photo or in a photograph until 2005. Yeah. The ocean, man. I am sure there's a lot of weird shit in there. And I mean, yeah, obviously the ocean is crazy, but probably the woods, too. And like cave systems. Like we don't know everything. Uh, This is why I don't go in caves. You know that (laughs) they freak me out. You don't know what's down there. Yeah. You don't know what evolved down there to live in a cave, like, descent style? No. We like to think we know everything, but people are discovering fossils all the time, so. We know nothing. That's what I've come to realize. We don't know anything. Yep. I'm realizing now we forgot to talk about condensed chaos, so I guess we'll talk about it next week. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Maybe we should read the next chapter and we'll talk about two chapters because I don't know I have that much to say anyways. I don't really either, so I think that's a good plan. All right, last monster slash creature. And that is the Wendigo or Windigo or Windigo. I'm so excited for this one. Okay, so, um, so I first learned about Wendigos or Windigos on an episode of Supernatural, like <laughs> early episode of Supernatural, and it scared the shit out of me. Um, so they are a creature from the First Nations. So First Nation would be like mostly Canada, because that's that term. Uh, but they're Algonquin speaking. So this would be in like Nova Scotia, the East Coast of Canada, the Great Lakes region, and like Wisconsin. Um, so where it's cold. Uh, and they would be like the Ojibwe, Saltu, Cree, Naskapi, Innu. And then there is kind of a virgin of, virgin? Version of this in the Pacific Northwest called a Wachuge. 
but that's a little different. But basically, it's a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being. Um, I got most of my information from Wikipedia and some of it from the Canadian Encyclopedia. And basically, they're super associated with like winter and the north and coldness and famine and starvation and just all of these awful things. Um, So I have a description from Basil H. Johnston, who is an Ojibwe, I'm going to say this wrong, Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario. And he described what their version of a Wendigo is. Um, The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from its grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from superation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption. Um, So basically, it's, depending on the tribe, you see it different ways. So sometimes they're like insatiable giants that like no matter how much they consume, they can never be full. And so they Mm -hmm. just like consume body after body. Um, And in some aspects, it's like I just described like a gaunt ashy figure sometimes they have antlers um and like sharp teeth bad breath body odor super thin and emaciated like mummy like skin sometimes they have like super eyesight and hearing it can smell really well and like move really quick and walk across snow and open water without sinking just like a thing out of nightmares um and there are some beliefs that It's like its own thing, where some beliefs are that, like, a human can become a Wendigo when you're, like, overpowered by greed or you commit to cannibalism or you've just been around them for too long. You'll just become one. And it seems like it typically happens to people who are, like, lost in the snow or get, like, abandoned somewhere and they just become, like, stuck and that's what they have to do. Um, typically it's like cautionary tales about isolationists being isolated and like selfish and the importance of your community. So in that way, I kind of saw it as like an allegory, kind of like, you know, like a red riding hood situation, like warning you about something. Yeah. Um, so to kill it, there's like some where you can just kill it with like a club and some of them are like, you have to cut out its heart. Or you need, like, a shaman to do a spell to get rid of it. So there is the first European written account about this would be a Wendigo. was from a Jesuit missionary who was living with the Algonquin in the 1600s um, in Quebec. And he wrote a report to his superiors in 1636. And he said, this devilish woman added that the Wendigo had eaten some of the, hang on, Atikamegukin. These are the tribes that live north of the river that is called the Three Rivers, and that he would eat a great many more of them if he were not called elsewhere, but that Achen, which is sort of like, I guess, a werewolf, would come in his place to devour them, even up to the French fort, that he would slaughter the French themselves. Uh Yeah. So I guess this became such a pervasive idea 
that this idea, and this seems like a white person idea, uh, called Wendigo psychosis, Mm. where basically you become crazed with a need for human flesh. And you, like, can't contain yourself and that you just will, like, attack and feed and attack and feed. Um, And there's a lot of arguments about that this is just, like, white interpretation of native myth and stuff. But um, definitely exists and definitely, like, freaking terrifying. So I saw some accounts, like, on Reddit where people kind of, I think, were equating it with more, like, what we talked about, like, stick Indians and skinwalkers and fae, like, trying to call you off in the woods. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that's what this is. This is, like, shit that will just attack you in the woods mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're alone. That's the key yeah, here. Being like, alone. Yeah, it's like a warning, almost, for people in these, like, cold, desolate areas to make sure that you don't wander off on your own. Yep. Stay with the group. Ew. Yeah, my yeah. first, like, um, I guess, exposure to the idea of a Wendigo was in, you remember those scary stories books? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's one about a Wendigo that was, like, really scary. It's such a scary idea. Like, just, like, it's made out of, like, fear. Like, that's what it is. It's, like, a physical representation of fear. It's mm-hmm. an allegory. As they say, as one says. But yeah, I didn't read too much about Wachuge. They seemed similar, but not the same. Um, So, yeah, that's Wendigos or Wendigos or Wendigos. There's a lot of different ways to say it. There's all kinds of like scary cryptid creatures on in the Americas. There really are. And none of them, I feel like, are too ridiculous or outlandish. Like, I think they all speak to very rear, rear? real fears and, like, mm-hmm. accurate things that people in the Americas, in, like, you know, like, back in the day that you should have been afraid of. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, if you wanted to live. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, you shouldn't go wandering off into the woods by yourself. You shouldn't, in the, like, tundra, go wandering off. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of fairy tales originally were, were just stories to warn you about something. Like, Little Red Riding Hood. I don't know if you've ever read the original version of it. (laughs) Doesn't the wolf, like, rape her or something? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about, like, don't wander off because, like, this is what will happen to you. Yuck. And I don't know, being alone and, like, trapped somewhere makes people do crazy things. Like, look at the, like, Donner Party, like. hmm And I do think, like, caving to something like that will make you crazy. Yeah. And make you stop, like, taking care of yourself. Oof. Something about the Wendigo, I think, is, like, the scariest one. I agree, because it's the only one of them that's, like, just evil. Like, there's nothing, like, playful about it. There's nothing, like, cutesy about it. It's just evil. It doesn't pick you up in your sleeping bag and carry you for three hours (laughs) to hang out with its family of Wendigos. (laughs) No. I don't know. A Wendigo would be a thing that I would say probably isn't even born. It just comes about. Yuck. Yeah, it's like... I don't know, like a pre-existing monster on the earth. Yeah. Oh, I could write a story like of Wendigo coming into being. Like if you had enough 
just horrible things happen in one place, the misery just brings it about. It's just, like yeah, mi- a personification of the humans that have created it through their misery. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Some deep shit. I don't know. I would be really interested to talking from somebody like from one of these tribes about a Wendigo. I think it'd be really interesting. Oof. So, yeah, those are our cryptid monsters, I suppose. I liked that one. That was a fun episode. I know. I like to talk about this stuff. I think about this stuff a lot. And that concept of like a world overlaying ours and what makes things come into being. And I don't know. Well, in folklore, too, like especially like we were saying with the idea of the Fae, like that's almost you see similar things just universally. It's an archetype. Oh, my God. Um, Fucking archetypes. I'm never going (laughs) to stop talking about archetypes. We should just rename this podcast Fucking Archetypes. Oh, man. We could do an episode called Fucking Archetypes. That's every I'm episode. Enjoy that. It's true. They all these all lead to this one like super episode. So we're thinking next week, creepy pasta. Hell yeah! We'll have to make sure we don't read the same creepy pastas. Yeah. But I'm here for it. I'm very much here for it. There are a couple. I obviously won't say too much now that I've read where they just I you know like they get inside your brain. And you can't I hate stop thinking about it. Any creepy pasta, and this plays into what we're talking about today. I hate the ones where somebody hears like their mom call them from downstairs. Yes. And so they go downstairs, and then their mom's like in bed. I fucking hate it. That's it, like a skinwalker. I know, and it makes all the <laughs> hair on my body stand up. Like I can't stand it. Oof. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Had a no. lovely time. Uh, do all the things. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Leave a review, please. I know that's not a thing on Spotify, but if you're listening anywhere else, leave a review. Subscribe. All the things. Do all the things. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.